Welcome to another inspiring sister's message. We hope you are blessed by this ministry. Well, speaking of dreams, I'll give you the title in a moment. I promise you I won't take 30 minutes on my message and then give you the title. Like the first month of this year, I was so excited to be in this room together with girls. Anyway, you know what? God wants us to look beyond where we are today and dream. God wants us to not focus on now. It's important that we seize moments in the moments, but, you know, our thoughts and our dreams need to be in our future because God is in our future drawing us to himself. Now, I've mentioned this before, and it's important for us to know and to accept that our dreams must line up with God. It must line up with the Word of God. It must line up with God's values. Uh, And if it does, there's a great future ahead of us. Amen? Uh, And we need to be anchored to Him. We need to be anchored to His Word. And uh, if if, if we're not anchored, we will drift. And we don't want to drift away. And I, I love this song about pressing on because when Bob Dylan... God bless him, don't even know how old he is now, at one time served the Lord, believe it or not, and he had an incredible encounter with the Lord, and the words that he wrote came from his heart, and it meant a lot, and I want us to, tonight, press on with your dreams, but press on with God. You know, a, a verse that... Um, that will help us to understand that God wants us to dream. Because I've heard, I have heard people, theologian said once, who says God wants us to dream? Who, who say, where do you come on that? Who says God wants us to dream? Well, you know, I want to quote us a scripture that, that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. And the passage, let me just tell you, speaks about God's mysterious plan. And it's the plan of salvation, and the beauty of it is that now the Gentiles, who were once the enemies of God and away from God, are now included in God's mysterious plan. And um, he speaks about the love of God and the fact that God has so much more for us. There's so many, so many translations that we we can read these verses about. But but the fact is that God has so much more for us. You have to believe that God has so much more for us because this is what the scripture is suggesting. It speaks about eternal life in heaven and it speaks about abundant life here on earth. But let's not make it all about the abundant life. Let's not forget about eternity. Amen. So Ephesians 3, it says, Now glory be to God, who by his mighty power is at work within us, power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of. Another translation, I think the NRV says, imagine, which suggests that God has given us an ability to dream and he's given us the ability to, to imagine Amen. Use your imagination. May he be given glory forever through endless ages because of his master plan of salvation for the church through 
Jesus Christ. Press on with your dreams, but press on with God. What are your dreams? Now, I asked my name to help me go through the hopes and dreams cards. Thank you so much for, for doing that. You, you didn't only do it for you, but you did it also for me to be able to read through them and to be able to see where you are at and to, um, and to pray for you. And that is really what we want to do. So is it a promotion at work that you're dreaming about? Single women hoping to meet a husband and have a wonderful, happy marriage. Are you dreaming about overcoming a health challenge or someone in your family who has a health challenge? Are you dreaming about overcoming, um, I said that already, what about a baby or, or another baby? Because some people want babies. Well, let's start with one. Sometimes they come together in twos. But then there are people who have, you know, like I waited a long time for my, for my baby after having like my first boy like, I just blinked my eyes. It was a miracle. But some people struggle with the second or the third child. So maybe you're dreaming about that. Students may dream about what it would be like to graduate and to finish their studies. Perhaps you're dreaming about starting a new business. Are you dreaming to be debt free? Maybe that's your dream. Oh, I can't wait to be debt free. I can then enjoy my life just so much more. Are you, um, is it to get closer to God? Are you dreaming about getting closer to God and pressing on? Amen? Couples may want their own home. That may be their dream. Or maybe you want to build your dream home. Is that you tonight? Or you want to work for God and you want to be used by God. Amen? So my first thought this evening is before you dream about what you want, ask God what he wants. You see, because sometimes Christians have dreams that will take them away from God. And I think we need to submit our dreams to God. And we've, we were taught earlier this year that dreams are a gift from God. But some dreams are not of God, you know. They're dreams that are definitely of God, but they're dreams that are not of God. And we sang the words of that song tonight, New Wine. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. You know, while we have dreams uh, that we are pressing on in, first press on in God and be an instrument in His hand. I tell you, those are the best kind of dreams to press on in while you're pressing on in God. Lord, will this be what you want for me? Lord, will this make you proud of me? Lord, is this what will glorify you? Is, is, am I going to be a good ambassador as part of your kingdom with the dreams that I have? Or, or is this contrary to your word? Amen. And I want to encourage us, and this is just something that God has put in my heart, to not use God for what we want. You know, I was chatting to someone today. Um, I went out and, and, and I, I was with someone that is from the church. And, um, you know, he was saying something along the lines of, I've met people who serve God for what they can get. And I said, that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about tonight. We cannot 
sings the words of this song that we've just sung tonight, make me, make me, Lord, you make me, make me whatever you want me to be, but then I do my own thing, and I just use you, Lord, for what I can get. You know, God is not, he's not a simple man. <laughs> he's not stupid. He is almighty God. He's all-knowing, and it breaks his heart. I mean, we need to love God with all our hearts and not break his heart. Amen. So let's not use God, but let's, let's include him in our dreams. And, and you know what? When we do that, we will know the path that we are meant to go on, and uh, we will make a success of our lives. You want to know people who make a success of their lives, godly people? It's because they ask what you want, Lord God. What does God want, not what I want? I, I want something but let's see what God says, and then when the two match, let's go for it. Amen. The children of Israel, if you're reading the one-year Bible, I love the one-year Bible more than any other year, and I've been doing it since 2011, but, you know, I, I, I find that God speaks to me daily like he has never spoken to me before. It's, it's, just, it's, it's just incredible. Well, the children of Israel... They had a dream. They were in slavery in Egypt. They had a dream of being set free and coming out of bondage and out of slavery and out of this mistreatment. And you know what? It, it came true because of who their God was. Amen? But then God put another dream in them, and that was to go to the promised land, the land that is flowing with milk and with honey. And, um, you, know, you know what happens to us when we get saved? It's a picture of Israel coming out of the world, coming out of Egypt. And it's, it's us coming out of the world, out of slavery, out of bondage, and we come into the kingdom of God. It, it's just such a beautiful picture. But I'll tell you all about the Israelites because we learn a lot from their journey and how they treated God. You know, the promised land speaks of destiny. It speaks of something great in the future. It was a big dream that God put into the hearts of the Israelites. And, uh, but the only problem was they couldn't surrender. They could not trust God. They complained. They accused God of bringing them out into the wilderness so that he could kill them. They accused God of the wrong things, and they treated him terribly. And yet God put up with them so, so many times. So they lived in fear, not in faith. And, you know, they doubted God on so many occasions, and they also used God. They used God for what they could get. God took them through the Red Sea. He brought water out of a rock. He gave them manna from heaven. Their clothes never wore out. They had a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They had so much. What did I leave out? I know it's in my notes here. Water from a rock. Oh, the quail. Quail everywhere. Because they were complaining that they didn't have meat and God gave them quail until they were choking on the quail because God got so so angry with them. 
But you know what? Their fears and their disobedience brought much pain to them. And, and I don't want that to happen to any of us. Fear, fear, not faith. Fear says God is not in control. <laughs> and, and we know where fear comes from. It doesn't come from God. Amen? And um, we want to be obedient. You know, and, and this carried on, and it interrupted their dream of getting into the promised land for four decades. That's 40 years. That's as long as old as the song was that we sang tonight. But, you know, God wanted Moses to send out 12 spies, one person from every tribe, to spy out the land that he said he was giving them. I have given. It's like it's a done deal. I have this dream for you. It's a good dream. Did God need spies? No, God didn't need spies to go and check out the land. I mean, God's, God is God. He, he knows everything. But he needed for them to do this. And um, he wanted their dream to become a reality. Unfortunately, in Numbers 13, we read that they went, but they came back. And it says in verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron uh, and the whole Israelite community of, at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. When we went into the land to which you sent us, it does flow with milk and honey. Here, here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even, see, we even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we, and they among the Israelites a bad report, the King James Version says, an evil report and they, that they, about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the, the Nephilim, the, the descendants of Anak, those are the giants. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. You see, this is a clear picture of they wanted something else. God wanted something for them, but they wanted something else. And so only two people out of the ten brought a good report, and just because all they could see were the obstacles. All they could see was, oh, wow, we have to go through the wilderness to get to our dream, and we just don't want to do that anymore. We don't want to go further with God, and we don't want God. Basically, what they were saying is, you know, we don't want your dream, Lord. We have another dream, and it does not include you. We want to go back to Egypt, to bondage. And it's a picture of the world. When Candace was saying that she went back, she went back after knowing and encountering God, she basically went back. We sang tonight, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back. Amen? We, we can't afford that because that's not what God wants for us. 
If that's the dream we have to go back and party and do the thing in the world, and it, it really doesn't include God, we don't want what God wants. We want what we want. Amen. You know, God doesn't only want to take us out of Egypt, out of the world, but He wants to shape us to be a holy nation for Him. Amen? And He instructed the Israelites, and He was speaking about His decrees in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. I think that was our reading today in the one-year Bible. It says, Obey Him completely, and you will display your wisdom and intelligence amongst, among the surrounding nations. When they hear all these decrees, they will exclaim, how wise and prudent are the people of this great nation. In our case, the holy nation, I mean a royal priesthood. For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on Him? Amen? The beautiful thing is, when we abide by God's decrees, by His values, by His word, and we're anchored in Him, we become wise. I mean, we're not wise in our own eyes. Wisdom in our own eyes is the biggest enemy that, that we can have. We need to have the wisdom of God, and that is what we get when we abide by God's decrees. Ask yourself about your dream. Is this wisdom? Is this wisdom? Is this obedience to God? Do I have a genuine peace about this? Will my whole family be pressing on with God, or will they be taken away from the things of God? That's what you need to ask. Ask God first what He wants, but still have that dream. Amen? Next thought I want to speak about is about our gifting. You know, dreams about being something amazing, like a Mariah or a John Legend, or if you're a guy. I know Pastor Andre would love to sing like John Legend. He doesn't. Okay. You know, when God wants something specific for us, He will equip us. You know, a good example tonight on this platform was Lloyd. You know, he entered the idols competition and he took God with him. And God is still with him. And he is still with God. Amen. Yes, he came second, but God set him up for more than had he even come first. It's true. I wasn't watching idols at that time. I was too busy building the church next door in Middle Earth. But I managed to go back on YouTube and see, and see what happened. And bless the guy, Elvis Blue, I don't know him. Um, I think he's come here on a one hot winter night, but we were overseas. But bless him. But I know more about Lloyd than I know about the guy that came first. But that's just how God works, you know? No, no, nothing to be horrible or anything like that. His dream fits his gift. And as we saw, he still presses on with God. You know, it's sad when people believe they are gifted in an area. Uh, but no one has the guts to tell them, no, you don't sound like Mariah. 
do I sound like Mariah? I just love, let love be tough. No, sorry, not Mariah. You sound like you, Vilma. And John, John Legend, sorry. You know what we need to do when we discover we're not gifted in an area, although it really consumes us, you know, day and night. Like you can see yourself on the platform or whatever it is. Um, move on to working with your strengths. Because you have them. You have skills and you have, you have a propensity to do something. You just need to find out what it is. Maybe you already have. And, and work with that because, you know, God needs you somewhere uh, where, you, where you will play a very, very valuable part. If you're good with numbers, you are needed. Even Mariah and John need bookkeepers. They need lawyers. They need doctors. They need chefs. Amen? That's the, maybe the closest you're ever going to get to being a Mariah person in their orbit, right? You know, I took piano lessons because my mother played the piano until she lost two of her fingers in an um, accident. And uh, I think I drove over, we went quite young and early in our marriage, but I think I drove Andre to total distraction. He bought me a keyboard. But I took the lessons and I was determined uh, but honestly, that ability to play the piano skipped me by. <laughs> but you know what? It landed full blast. Not only the ability to play the piano, but trumpet, drums, guitar, and an ability to sing inside my son, Adrian. So it just shows you sometimes the dreams that you have for yourself may skip you by. But you'll be a proud mama one day when your daughter or your son steps up and they are on idols or they are amazing in whatever sphere they find themselves in. You know, but God put other dreams and abilities in me, things that I never thought I would be capable of. And they became a reality as I pressed on in God and he unearthed in me abilities that I never knew that I had. And I pray that's the same for you. If you've been like, oh, my dreams were dashed. Come on, there's something else, you know. God has more for you, you know. I said that right at the beginning. In a book called Soar With Your Strength, isn't that a good title? Soar With Your Strength, by Donald O'Clifton and Paula Nelson, I read about a parable called Let the Rabbits Run. So it's a little bit of a read, but if you can bear with me, it, it, it's a parable, by the way. It's a parable, okay? There were several young animals in the forest, a duck, a fish, an owl, an eagle, a squirrel, and a rabbit. Each told his parents he wanted to go to school to improve himself. The parents thought this was a brilliant idea. They, they enrolled the young animals in a school with a curriculum of running, jumping, swimming, tree climbing, and flying. On the first day of school, the little rabbits... Um, where am I? <laughs> I feel like I'm at home speaking to my family. On the first day of school... I'm making it up, but it's there. The little rabbit's class was running. He did great. 
and his teacher gave him an A+. He was a wonderful runner, and his self-esteem got a boost. The next day, the little rabbit went to jumping class. Again, he did very well, received compliments from his teacher and got an A+. And another boost to his self-esteem. Next, the little rabbit went to swimming class. He wasn't good at it. Not at all. His teacher gave him a low grade and his self-esteem suffered. The little rabbit was determined to succeed. For two weeks, the rabbit tried as hard as he could, but he just couldn't get the knack of swimming. The rabbit was called to the principal's office with his parents. He was told that he was failing swimming class. Can you imagine the little rabbit? As a remedy, the principal and the little rabbit's parents decided that he would be taken out of running and jumping classes because he could already do those things so well and instead would be assigned to three swimming classes each day. The little rabbit tried to improve his swimming but eventually became totally discouraged. When he was told that flying classes were next, he dropped out of school. Let the little rabbits run illustrates what happens when managers try to train their people for tasks or skills that are foreign to who they are. It's not bad or wrong if you can't do a job. You just don't have the ability. God has given you something else. Amen? You're wired differently. Knowing an individual's strengths and weaknesses, a manager can amplify on the job that person's strong points while minimizing or avoiding weak areas, thereby helping build the employee's self-esteem and increasing his job performance. A manager who hires a person without a natural job match and thinks he can overcome the new hire's shortcomings with training might as well be trying to train a rabbit to swim instead of hiring a fish. Here endeth the parable. But basically, people fail in a job not because they can't do the job, but rather because they don't match the job. Amen? They're not wired for it. And, you know, there's a difference between... Uh, a dream and a fantasy, as it says in Proverbs 28:19b, it says, "The one who chases fantasies will have his full of poverty." God doesn't want to, He wants us to dream, but He doesn't want us to chase fantasies. Believe we, Mariah. He doesn't want us to chase fantasies. A dream won't make you something you are not. This is important, and uh, but it will make you everything you are. Once you discover a new dream, a new path that you need to go on, a new ability that you became aware of, hey, I'm quite good at that. Who would have thought? That is when the lights just come on and you become the best version of who you have always meant to be. Move on to other strengths and other dreams. And, you know, you see, as we press on uh, with our dreams, it will be like that rabbit, right? Your abilities will shine through. Your dreams must match who you are, and as you press on and live your dream, press on with God. My, my third thought this evening is, 
Dreams are more than material things. So what I've done tonight is I've just sandwiched my, my points a little bit, spoke about serious spiritual matters, and I'm ending again with it, with serious spiritual matters. You know, keep an eternal perspective. Don't just dream about material things. Think eternity. We, we are not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of it. And as much as God wants us to have abundant life and he wants to prosper us, we believe that from his word, and he wants to bless us, let that not just be what you dream about. Amen? Dream about other things. I love Matthew 6, and I've always loved this passage, verse 25. Jesus was teaching, that is why I tell you, do not worry about your life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear, what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Amen? God knows what you need. It's a truth. Seek first the kingdom of God, God and his kingdom, and all these things, the things that are good, that God knows are good for you, will be added to you. You don't need to chase them. Amen? The blessings of the Lord will come upon you and will overtake you as you seek first God and his kingdom. Amen? He knows exactly what we need. You know, we don't want a gospel. Pastor Andre and I have been speaking and speaking to our leadership team that we, we don't want to have a gospel that teaches that all God wants for you is to give you material things. That's all you need to be striving for. Some people we've understood over the years, they come to church to, to be motivated in business. They're not here for God. They're not here for the gospel. That's not what we're about. We're about first seeking the kingdom and teaching. And, you know, the gospel that we want to teach is the whole counsel of God. If at times you're not going to go home all gooey and goose bumply and, you know, that's nothing that Jesus did while he was here. He wants you to spend eternity with him. And my heart tonight is to to teach you and to inspire and encourage you to put God first in everything you do, in your thoughts, in your day, in your dreams, in your hopes, amen, and that we want to make sure that we have a gospel that teaches the whole counsel of God. With God, dreams come with purpose. If we want a new house, what would be the purpose? I spoke about that tonight. You know, we bought our house with a purpose, a few years ago, I'm not going to show it to you. It's not a mansion. 
It, it's, it's a big house, but it's not a mansion. It was a nightmare, to be honest. It's great now. It needed so much work. It had no garden. Oh, I, I haven't got time. I've got minutes left. But here's the thing. Yes, we sought God to move to another house because, yes, we lived in a townhouse with neighbors suddenly who moved in and were driving us to distraction. Pastor Andre, we had a rabbi with five kids and more on the way in a townhouse screaming and performing all day long. But Pastor Andre was like, Wilma, I can't. We had double glazing put in our windows. It didn't help. It just pierced right through there. And we were very happy where we lived. We weren't seeking, but then we said, okay, Lord, if we can find a house, we will have our family come and stay over more often. I'll have my grandchildren come and stay over more often, and we will entertain, we will be hospitable, we will use it for your glory. And God gave it to us. And it's miraculous. I can't even tell you in the number of days of which all of this all happened. It's just, it was just amazing. Well, we pressed into God, we sought his kingdom, and he blessed us more than we ever could imagine. We have no debt hanging over our neck because our previous place sold for a miraculous price, which has not been equaled since we sold our place. No one who sold their place got the price we got. And I'm just saying that I can just say to you, God knows your dreams, but it's got to come with a purpose, amen? There's got to be a purpose for you. Why do you want God to bless you? Do you want to prosper? You know, what would be the purpose? Would you be generous then? Would you be a compassionate, a, a person that cares for the poor? Would you give to God? Would you be faithful in your giving, in your tithing, and in giving to the poor? Is that your motive? Is that your why behind the what? I trust that it is, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say on that point, but, you know, there's a purpose for, 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 for everything. Uh, if we want something from God, our dream must come with a purpose. It must glorify God. Amen. So everything in life needs a purpose to bring fulfillment. And without the right purpose, dreams seemingly fulfilled will be empty and unsatisfying, and there will be no longevity attached. For a season, it may go well, but really, in the scheme of things, the way God sees things, it won't last very long, and it won't be satisfying. Our ultimate dream should be to please God. That should be our ultimate dream. Believe His Word. Believe His promises. And here's something else. Why don't we pass on the good news to others? You know, I've asked myself, when last have I passed on the good news to someone who doesn't know God? And I pray God will bring someone my way. Amen? That my dream will not just be about me and the things that I can get from God, and, you know, but that I can actually pass on the good news to someone else. Make that your dream. So I just want to end off by saying, may all you dream to do and be uh, become a reality. Now keep Jesus central and glorify him. Walk the narrow path and see where he will take you. Press on with your dream, but press on with God.
Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry.